Dear Heavenly Father, I just love you, Lord, and I just praise you, and I thank you, Lord, and I thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to be used by you. I thank you, Lord, for the first time in my life, Lord, to be able to know what my purpose is, Lord, and I pray, Father God, this morning that you are the fire in my veins, Lord, Lord, that you are the anointing on each and every word, Lord, and I pray that you just touch each and every heart here, Lord, that they would receive what you have for them. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. I already need something to drink. So if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Verse 11. If I had to give my sermon a title, where's my daughter? Where'd she go? I didn't see her. Anyways, oh, there you are. It'd be, what about Bob? And she was laughing this morning when I told her that it was going to be, what about Bob? Um, And you'll see why in a little bit. Um, As I was reading this week, you know, I thought I had this whole other sermon lined out. I was like, Lord, I know what you want me to speak on. And I got it, you know, and I'm just going to give you time to give me more, give me more, give me more. Um, And then I was on this, and something just really stood out to me um, and convicted me and ministered to me. Um, And sometimes I feel like when I'm up here, I share my best when I share with you my own shortcomings. Um, Because I got plenty of them, so it's a lot of material to use. So (laughs) there we are. (laughs) Um, So... Okay, chapter 15, verse 11. Many of you know this story. Uh, you may, may have even heard the flare that I'm about to spin on it this morning with the help of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you haven't, but here it goes. This was Jesus. Jesus was ter- telling a parable um, because, you know, Jesus hung around with tax collectors and sinners and all of that. And the Pharisees were always over there whispering, talking about Jesus, about he's not all that because of the company he kept and all of this. So he spoke in parables. And um, this was one of the parables. He said, there was a certain man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the part of the property that falls to me. And he, the father, divided the estate between them. And not many days after that, the younger son gathered up all that he had and journeyed into a distant country. And there he wasted his fortune in reckless and loose living. And when he had spent all that he had, a mighty famine came upon that country. And he began to fall behind and be in want. So he went and forced himself upon one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the hogs. And he would gladly have fed on and filled his belly with the carob pods that the hogs were eating. But they could not satisfy his hunger and nobody gave him anything to eat. And when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father have enough food and even food to spare, but I am perishing and dying here of hunger. I will get up. I will go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he came to his own father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with pity and tenderness for him. He ran and embraced him. He kissed him. And the son said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I no longer deserve to be recognized as a son of yours. 
years. But the father said to his bondservants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and give him a ring for his hand and sandals for his feet and bring out that fattened calf and kill it. Let us revel and feast and be happy and make merry because this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to revel and feast and make merry. But his older son who was in the field but his older son was in the field and as he returned and came near to the house he heard music and dancing and having called one of the servant boys to him he began to ask what this meant and he said your brother has come your father has killed that fattened calf because he has received him back safe and well but the elder brother was angry with deep-seated wrath and resolved not to go in then his father came out and began to plead with him But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your commandment. Yet you never gave me so much as a goat that I might revel and feast and be happy and make merry with my friends. But when the son of yours arrived, who has devoured your estate with immoral women, you have killed for him the fattened calf. And the father said to him, son, you're always with me and all that is mine is yours. As I read this, you know, many people talk about the son, the wayward son that was out in the world squandering everything, you know, that was his father's possessions. And, and I don't know about you, but I've been that wayward son out there squandering. And, um, and some of you right now are just coming back from wayward living, loose living, as the Bible would say. And what the scripture tells me is that when you come back, that the father is ready with open arms. His arms are wide open. And there is a celebration in heaven for every person that returns to our Lord. The word talks that the angels rejoice when you and I return to the father. That there is rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. How many of you can relate to that lost son, right? We've been out. We've been doing our thing. We come back, you know, and it's great to be with the Lord, uh, feeling like that the, that the world has more to offer us, that we're drawn out by all of these things, you know, give me what's mine, Lord. I'm going to go have fun. I'm young. I've been there thinking I'm not going to serve the Lord today because I'm young and there's so much I want to do. There's so much I want to experience. I've lived in this little town my whole life. I want to get out there and I want to experience and enjoy life only to be found not even satisfied, nothing, eating slop that was fed to pigs, not even enjoying that sweet inheritance that is mine, that is mine. But what's really sad is when you relate not to the wayward son, but you relate to the hating brother Bob. And the reason why I call him Bob, you guys ever see La Bamba? You know, Bob, his brother, and he gets so mad and he tells the mom, it's always about Richie, Richie, Richie. What about me? What about Bob? That's what this brother's like, right? What about me? It reminded me of Joyce Myers. You know, Joyce Myers does that skit where her robot, you know, what about me? What about me? What about me? And that's what this brother's like. He's like, what about me? What about me? What about me? I don't even get a goat. What about me? You gave my brother this big fattened calf. What about me? And I think sometimes you and I, 
I'm going to tell you, if you, th- if you say you've never hated on anybody around you, I want you to really check your spirit because envy and coveting is one of the 12 commandments for a reason because we are human beings. And I believe that that's one of the biggest things that the enemy uses today, especially in the house of God, is envying our brothers and sisters because you and I can be working hard day and night. Lord, I've served you for 25 years and my sister just slides in here off the streets and you're going to give her that anointing, Lord? What about me? What about me? What about me? How many of us? What about me? But I'm going to tell you, everything's good in the beginning. When you're sliding in here off the streets, yeah, the Lord gives you all of these things. He's appreciating you. He's, in, he's celebrating you as we should enjoy and celebrate with you. We should celebrate with our brothers and sisters. Because trust and believe, it ain't going to be long till life catches up. Until they're working in that field along with Bob right? We all eventually got to be out there working with Bob. I remember when, um, I was going through all that stuff with my husband, going to that stupid, ugly jail. I was serving the Lord. I was working for the Lord. And these women that weren't even serving God were bringing their husbands home. And I was so mad. Lord, what about me? What about my husband? I've been praying. I've been faithful. I'm serving you. I've dedicated. I've prayed. I've did this. Shake some salt behind my shoulder. Turn around three times. Did all this stuff and he still ain't home yet. But there's a time and a season for everything. And there's a time and a season for us to work and do those things. But I'm going to tell you that sometimes we work, work, work beyond that time and that season and we're so busy in the work that we forget what God says and it's right here in verse 31 let me go back to first verse 31 he said son you are always with me and all that I have is yours he's complaining about a goat that he never even asked for when father God is saying all that I have is yours but he was so busy working in the day-to-day life and the rat race of things that he failed to realize that he was in the presence of his father and that everything that his father possessed was his did he ask for the goat Instead, he just complained. He didn't even give me a goat. Look, I'm not asking for that fatted calf. I just merely wanted a goat. But he didn't ask. And the Bible says sometimes we ask, we have not because we ask not. And we want to sit there and we want to complain because people are sliding in. And you think that they're sliding in in front of you online. But I'm going to tell you that my God is such a big God that there is no line for him, right? There's not first. There's not second. There's not front. There's not back. There's not your portion. There's not my portion. See, the brothers were worried about, I want my portion. And the other brother saying, well, you gave him the fatted calf. Well, I want you to know it doesn't matter what God gives you. It doesn't matter what God gives you or you or you or you. There's still more than enough to satisfy my heart's desires. It doesn't matter. Our God is all giving, all knowing, all possessing. He has it all. And there's enough of him to go around. But we get so stuck in that what about me? What about me? I hope Joyce Myers did not patent that because if she did, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Joyce, I gave you credit for it. (laughs) 
I think sometimes when we're going through stuff and the issues that we're having become bigger. They become bigger than the God we serve. Because if we are looking at our issues, or I say issues because it's all-encompassing, but it could be different things to many different people. It could be a wayward child. It could be a physical ailment. It could be an addiction that you yourself are struggling with. It could be a spouse or a partner that's not serving the Lord. It could be an abusive relationship. It could be gluttony. It could be secret sin like pornography. It could be all of these things. And when we feel that we're owned by that issue, we are not focusing on Father God and all that he has for us. And it says that all that he has is ours. And we forget that. We forget that all that he has is ours. Because I want you to know is that we, if we were the lost son, as soon as we come back and the robe is on us and the finger's on us, we become the other son, right? We're already his, we're his. So the same goes for the lost son that all that he has is his, is his. When he put that ring on his finger and that robe on his back, it said, you are my son. This is a sign to all that you are my son. We are sons and daughters of Christ Jesus. As soon as we accept him back into our heart and make him Lord of our hearts, we are sons and daughters of Christ Jesus. And all that he has is ours. But we get so busy like Bob, caught up in the works of doing things that we forget that all he has is ours. And so some of the things I wanted to look at this morning that were ours was, well, there's a few things I wanted to look at specifically. Um, And the first is provision to meet all of our needs. That's the biggest. We go through life and... uh, And sometimes we think that we lack or that we're in need because of discomfort. And I want you to know that God ain't too concerned in you being comfortable. He's not too concerned in me being comfortable. Sometimes we mistake discomfort and waiting periods and times for being in want or being in need or lacking or not having enough or, or having unmet needs. And Psalms 50, 10 through 11 says, Every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains, all the insects in the fields are mine. God owns everything. If he owns wild beasts roaming on thousands of hills, you think that he doesn't own everything else? If you don't have it right this minute, trust and believe it's coming in his timing. Not your timing, not my timing, but it is coming. He owns it all. Our faith moves moves the hand of God, not our whining, not our crying, not our, what about me? What about me? I don't think that gets his attention at all. I think when we're sitting in a place of what about me? What about me? What about me? I really feel like it repels the spirit of God. The spirit of God tells us to humble yourself in sin and the eyes of the Lord, and he will lift you up. We need to remain humble before him, prefer our brothers and sisters over ourselves and not think about what about me? all the time. Philippians 4.19, God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. All your needs, not some of your needs, not a few of your needs, not your biggest needs, not your most pressing needs, not your smallest needs, but all of your needs. 
black and white, all of your needs. What else is ours through him when God says all that I have is yours? Victory. Victory is yours and mine. Victory over every situation, over every picking devil, over every person that rises up against you. The victory is yours. The victory over yourself and your own stinking issues is yours. I don't know about you, but sometimes I got more problems with the person looking at me in the mirror than all those around me. I'm my own issue, and I'm like, Lord, give me victory over her. And I'm pointing at the girl in the mirror. 1 John 5, 4 through 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I don't know about you, but I'm believing in my Jesus, and I'm about to overcome the world through him, not in myself. This isn't me. This isn't you. This isn't what we can do or what we're about. It's what he's already done. It's what Christ Jesus has already done and desires to do through you and I, because when we are walking vessels of him and we live a victorious life in him, we inspire others. We are the salt of the earth. Others then know that they too can overcome in Jesus Christ. That's the point. He has come to give us that victory. Proverbs 16, seven says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. So if your big problem isn't staring back at you in the mirror, maybe it's Susie Q at the office who's the ringleader and gets all the people against you. Just make sure your ways are pleasing before the Lord and he will make her be at peace with you. Maybe not tomorrow. Like I said, this isn't all in our timing. But when you stand upon this word and you quote this word and when you're in that break room and you hear them whispering and talking about you or when Jane comes and tells you all that stuff that they say about you, you need to speak out to Satan and tell him, get thee behind me, Satan, because in Proverbs 16, verse 7, it says, when a man's ways please the Lord and my ways are pleasing unto you, Lord, that he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. This is our weaponry. We have to know these things that that God says are ours. We don't actually possess them and live them and walk them out unless we know them, believe them, quote them, and breathe them, walk in them, speak them out. This is not just some book that you go to when you're looking for comfort. This needs to be your roadmap and your guide in life because I can't tell you no matter what situation I find in life, I find a solution right here. Sometimes I, you know, look for my own solutions first. And after about 15 times around the ugly old tree, I'm like, oh, that's right, God. Let's find out what it says in here. Let me go to the appendix and back where it says worry. Oh, yeah. You know, I have to do those things. It's not always easy. It's not easy being human. It's not. Like, to say that it is, it is not easy being a human being. We were given that thing called free will. Sometimes don't you feel like, Lord, can you just made me do it? (laughs) I don't know about you, but I feel like that. Can you just make me do it? Gosh, all these choices, trying to figure out whether they're right or wrong. 
And then sometimes you know, period, they're wrong. You still want to do them. I'm like, can't you just make me do it? But no, he loved us so much. He wanted us to choose. What more glory is that for God? Should we choose to serve him? That out of our free will that we choose, it's not about making us. He's not interested in robots. He wants you to choose. And that's why he looks to the depth of our heart. It's really a heart issue. Bob could have never said anything. He could have went in there and been happy and merry with all of them and had hate in his heart. And he would have been no better off than what he was when he pouted and stomped his feet because you and I can sit here and clap for sister so-and-so and hug her neck like we like her. But if we have odd against her in our heart and we're hating against her anointing in our heart, you and I are just as bad as Bob who was begging for a goat. He don't care. He looks at our, at our heart. When I get up in the morning, I know I got some stuff because I'm like, Lord, renew my mind because... I think it got messed up just from the prayer before I went to bed till right now when I woke up, something in my subconscious. I'm serious, so renew my mind and create a right heart within me. I believe as soon as I wake up and I'm conscious, the enemy's waiting right there. He's waiting right there. If he could slip it in before you leave the house, you better watch out. So I'm like, renew, renew, renew a right spirit within me and give me the power the power and the Holy Spirit to walk out these things each and every day. And that's another thing that God will give us that's ours. It's his power. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. If you and I are operating in fear, we are operating in the spirit of the enemy because that is not the spirit of God. God gave us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. If we are not loving our brothers and sisters and preferring, them over ourselves. We're not in the spirit of God. I don't know what spirit you're in, but you ain't in the spirit of God. And the word says you either be for him or you be against him. So if you're not in his spirit, you're in someone else's spirit. So you need to check your spirit, right? First Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that his spirit dwells within you? You know that same Father God that created the heavens and the earth by a mere spoken word, that his, that he dwells within you, that you are his temple. That's why the word says that the power of life and death are in the tongue. If you and I possess the spirit of God, the same spirit that moved upon the waters, don't you know that what comes out of our mouth is powerful and that you can speak words of life and death to those around you? We have that power. Speak those blessings over your life. Speak this word over your life. Speak that healing to your body. I don't care if your legs are falling off. Speak it and believe it. Your healing will either come on this side of glory or the other, but you're still going to be healed. His word is his word, right? I remember it's... I remember when I first started having back problems, something Brother White prayed over me just stuck with me. He said, are you, are you going to serve him anyway, sis? And it just broke something off. Are you going to serve him anyways? Because that's the kind of heart God's looking for. Yeah. 
Not dependent on circumstances. Lord, I'm going to serve you more and do more if you heal me right now. God don't make deals with you. Let me just tell you that right now. He does not make deals. You cannot make deals. He is the master strategist. If you think you can make a deal with God, you are dumber than you look. I'm sorry to say, but God does not make deals with anybody. He knows all the pieces. He knows how they fit together. Our little pea brains can't even fathom the plans that he has from way up here because he sees the whole picture. Peace. When you're going through stuff and you're working in the field and you ain't even got a goat (laughs) and you don't even have a goat, you can still have peace. Hey, I've lived without a goat before. I've told this story before. When I first came back to the Lord, things were great at first. You know, I got into transitional living. I paid a dollar for rent. Um, I had my kids like half time. I mean, that was great. My mom had them the other half of time. So I was like a parent, but I didn't have to be a full-time parent. You know, like life was good. All I had to worry about was staying clean. I'm all, this is good. I can do this. You know, I get to go to my meetings. I get to drink my coffee. I get to smoke my cigarettes. I get to drive around town with all my girlfriends. Like, I mean, it was good, right? But stuff got real when I had to get a job, and that job was working at Hollywood Video, wearing that purple long sleeve shirt buttoned up to my chin, and it was like triple digit. It must have been a summer like this summer right now with all those triple digit uh, days, you know, and I had to stand on the corner of West and Main. How many of you all know where West and Main were? It wouldn't have been too bad if I was like 17, 18, like super young, but I was darn near 30 years old <laughs> working at Hollywood Video, wearing a purple shirt, waving a sign on the corner of West and Main, three for $24.99. And it was hard. And it was humbling. Okay, I had two kids. I faced tomato red with that purple shirt. Like, it was super humbling. I didn't have a goat then. I didn't even have a goat. You know, I was working on Hollywood video. But you know what I had? I had peace. I had peace. Because for once in my life, when I laid my head on my pillow at night, I said, you know what? This stuff all around here, it doesn't even matter. This doesn't matter at all because you know what matters is that I have the love of the Lord in my heart and that I am his and that my future is bright in him. That's all that matters. It don't matter if you have a goat. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if I'm working in the field or if my brother Richie is getting the fatted calf. All that matters is that I'm at peace with God and that it is well within my soul, right? That's the point. It's so, I'm telling you, being human is so hard because there's so many influences in this world that try to make us think that things matter that don't really matter. We get so focused up on the rat race in this life and you and I weren't even placed here for anything like that. We weren't placed here for a fatted calf, a ring on a finger, a robe. We weren't even placed here for a goat. We were placed here to reach the lost. That's what we were placed here for. And so when we're worried about what about me, what about you? Are you saved? Do you got a roof over your head? Do you have food to eat? then you should have peace. 
Isaiah 26, three says you will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you don't have peace, where's your mind at? Where's your mind at? If you don't have peace, your mind ain't on the Lord. Because if our mind is stayed up on the Lord, you will have peace. Because when your mind is stayed up on him, you know, mm, 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 I feel sorry for you coming against me because my God is big. And when he says vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I'm going to sit back and watch my daddy work. You know? I'm just going to share a little tidbit. But by the time that he does that work, you're going to be in a place, you're going to be in a place where you don't even want to. And sometimes it hurts you to see that person hurting. So if you're sitting back and you think you're going to marvel in someone's misfortune because God will take his vengeance out, you're going to be waiting a long time until your heart's right. Because God will move when your heart's right before him. John 14 through 20 or 14 and 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If your heart is troubled and you're afraid, that's not God's peace. Get your mind back upon him. Let his peace rule your heart and your mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think that that's one of the most um, powerful scriptures for me, being a person who's slightly anxious. Just a little bit. Um, that's an exaggeration. I get super anxious a lot. Um, and the part here that says the peach, the peace, which surpasses all understanding, that's the biggest part for me because, um, I'm kind of, um, analytical and I want to understand everything. I want to understand everything. And a lot of times I don't have peace when I don't understand. And when I go back to Philippians, I'm reminded his peace is beyond my understanding. It's to have peace in situations even when I don't understand. That that's what it is to truly be at peace. That shalom peace where there's nothing missing and there's nothing broken. To know that he is the complete God, omnipotent God, all-powerful God. And that his peace is not dependent on me understanding. And the final thing that I want to say that's his possession that he gives to us are our heart's desires. Now, lots of people desire for things and wonder why they're getting them. And we don't get to just say our heart's desires because if that was the case, I'd probably be the best singer there was in the world. (laughs) But I can't sing a tune. And so when I really read the scripture, and it says, delight yourself in the ways of the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When I'm truly delighting myself in the ways of the Lord, I know that his ways are perfect, and I don't have to worry about not being able to sing. Because I probably sing amazing to him. Maybe not to you guys. But to him, I sing amazing. And if he gave me a good voice, I might get a little prideful. Because I'd probably not be up here speaking to you. I'd probably be singing this whole message to you. (laughs) I would. 
I'd be singing in every note, and I'd probably hit those notes like Mariah Carey did that sounds like an inhumane whistle. I would just talk in that tone all the time. So that's probably why I can't sing, in case you're wondering. I've already figured that out, too. <laughs> Psalms 37.5 says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And Proverbs 16.1-3 th- says, the plans of the heart belong to man. But the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All of the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. If you've got some plans going on and they're not working out, check your commitment. Who is your commitment to? Are, are your commi- is your commitment to your own agenda or is your commitment to the Lord's? Is it the Lord's agenda or yours? If it ain't working out, You know, sometimes the enemy brings obstacles our way and then things, you know, we got to push through, we got to persevere, but then there's just stuff that the Lord ain't allowing because that's not what he has for you. He has something better. The worship team can come back up. And so we have to trust. We have to trust in the Lord. Um, I'm really glad that the Lord gave me the parable of the lost son this morning because I felt it would encompass Lots of different people here this morning. You know, maybe you're the lost son who hasn't even returned home yet. Maybe you got stuff going on in your life and you're still wandering out there and you need to return home to the Lord. He's here this morning, arms wide open. Maybe you are like the prodigal son and you're in that spot right now where the Lord's clothed you with his robe. He's put a ring on your finger, but you're still trying to figure out what next, Lord. Where's my purpose? That there's still some things undone in your life. Where am I going to live? Where am I going to work? Maybe you have other needs going on. Maybe you have anxieties going on. Maybe you're like Bob. Maybe you've been envious of other people. Maybe the Lord has been showing you some things in your heart. Whatever it is, I want you to know that no matter where you are on the spectrum of those things, that God has the divine solution for you and you alone. That he's a personal God. That he sees every area of our heart. That he knows what you need. He knows what I need. In fact, he knows what we need before we even know it most of the time. That's why a lot of us go through situations that we don't understand. It's God meeting our need before we even ask him for it. Sometimes some of those situations are just the sandpaper we need, right? To rub the edges off or to move us into position, the position that we need to be in that God can begin to pour into us those things that he has for us. No matter who you are here this morning, God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for you. And if you don't know what that is and if you feel lost, I want to invite you up here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray that the Lord will begin to reveal to you the purpose that he has for you, the plans that he has for you. If you need, if you have want, if you ain't got your goat and you need your goat, we want to pray with you. If I could have the worship team come on up. And I just want to invite you up here if you need prayer, if you're sick in body, anything you need, we just want to pray with you this morning. And I just thank you.